Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, December 23rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. France is reopening its borders with the UK, but with restrictions. Brexit talks could be nearing the finish line, and US prosecutors go after Walmart, accusing the retailer of having a hand in the opioid crisis. Plus, 15 terabytes of pornography are uploaded to MindGeek websites every day. That's equal to half the content available on Netflix. Our reporter investigated who's behind the online porn group. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. truck drivers can once again haul their freight between France and the UK. Today, France is opening its borders after a two-day shutdown caused by the new coronavirus strain found in England. But the reopening comes with strict conditions, including COVID testing for the lorry drivers. Some UK officials think France closed its borders to give a taste of what would happen if there's no deal on Brexit. It is just over a week before the transition period ends. I checked in with the FT's political editor, George Parker, to see how talks are going. Well, they're getting very close indeed now. Um, Some people say so close, but yet so far. But for a long time, we talked about this on the podcast before, but there have been three issues outstanding. One is the so-called level playing field for competition to make sure the two sides don't get too far apart in terms of their regulatory system. The second one is the governance issue, which is basically how you penalise each country if they do deviate too much. Now, both of those two things are more or less settled, I'm told. So that leaves one outstanding issue, which is the vexed issue of fishing access to British waters after Brexit, where the two sides are still in disagreement. But frankly, they're moving closer and closer every day. And George, from reading your story, it seems that a deal could happen today, actually. Um, If that is not the case, what happens next? Well, both sides would dearly love to get to a deal before Christmas, basically. These talks have been going on for nine months now. The negotiators are exhausted. They've passed the baton up to their political leaders, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, and Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission President, to see if they can come to an agreement before the close of play on Wednesday, when the negotiators, I think, justifiably will be heading home to see their families. If there isn't a deal before Christmas, then both sides have said they'll carry on talking. The real deadline, of course, is... December the 31st, when the Brexit transition period ends. But frankly, I don't think there's anything much to be served by leaving this hanging around over Christmas. Both sides would ideally like to ink an agreement before Christmas so that the lawyers can get to work drafting the legislation that has to be passed both in the Westminster Parliament, but also the European Parliament, and then get on and ratify it before the end of the year. Yeah, and I'm sure you wouldn't hate it if they got a deal before Christmas too, huh? I have a vested interest, Mark, in having a peaceful Christmas. I've been writing about this story, Brexit, on and off ever since David Cameron announced a referendum on Brexit eight years ago. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it would be an absolute delight if they get this deal over the line. George Parker is the FT's political editor. Thank you, George. The U.S. Department of Justice on Tuesday filed a civil lawsuit against Walmart for its alleged role in the country's opioid epidemic. The government says Walmart unlawfully filed prescriptions for painkillers that it should have known did not have a legitimate medical purpose and pressured its staff to dispense as many drugs as possible. The DOJ wants Walmart to pay billions of dollars in damages. Walmart says the government's case is riddled with inaccuracies and took documents out of context. Shares in Walmart were down more than 1% at the market close on Tuesday.
The most anticipated video game of the year is called Cyberpunk 2077. In Cyberpunk 2077, you steal a prototype biochip that can set you up for life. Being filthy rich. It was released in time for Christmas, but despite record-breaking pre-sales, gamers found their new prize riddled with glitches. Microsoft and Sony offered refunds to consumers, but Sony took the extra step of withdrawing the game from its online PlayStation store. Leo Lewis is our Asia business editor, and he's been following the debacle. What you do have is a playable game. But it does have a lot of glitches and inevitably in, in this sort of day and age where you've got social media, you've got a lot of people playing these games live in front of audiences of other sort of enthusiastic gamers. You've got this very big audience that is looking for trouble and finds it in these glitches. And, you know, as these games go, this was a glitchy, glitchy launch. So, Leo, how did Sony handle the backlash? Within this first week, Sony was offering refunds and then pulled the game completely from the online store. Unprecedented for a game of this calibre and this expectation. We call these AAA games and, you know, for Sony to pull that from its store is a huge move, which, uh, you know, certainly the analysts and, and gamers are reading a great deal into. Leo, what kind of message is Sony sending with this move? They went for the hard line, and the hard line seems to be saying to all other developers, don't come to market with a half-baked game, because in this day and age, that doesn't play. Fascinatingly, Microsoft have not matched that move, which means that Sony, for however long this, this period lasts, Sony has a kind of, well, I suspect it believes it has a kind of moral high ground here. So it could it'd say, look, uh, we're guardians of quality. Leo Lewis is the FT's Asia business editor. Moving on to the shadowy but huge and global industry of online pornography. Little is known about how these companies are run or who owns them or even how much money they make. One of the biggest porn websites, Pornhub, is owned by a company called MindGeek. The FT's consumer industries reporter Patricia Nilsson investigated the company and she joins me to talk more about how the company is run. Hey, Patricia. Hello. So, Patricia, can you give me a sense of how big MindGeek is? MindGeek owns some of the world's most popular so-called tube sites that stream porn for free. And it claims to have more than 115 million visitors to its sites every day. So on average, roughly 15 terabytes worth of videos get uploaded to its sites every day. That's roughly half the content available to watch at any time on Netflix. People in the US have over the past month made more Google searches for Pornhub than coronavirus or Trump. Patricia, how did MindGeek get its start and how did it become a dominant player? Although we should mention that the company denies that it is the biggest player in the industry. One thing that does distinguish MindGeek from its rivals is that it's managed to tap financial markets for funding to grow the business. So MindGeek was founded roughly a decade ago by a German software developer called Fabian Tillman. The company, which was then known as Manwin, managed to secure $362 million in debt from 125 previously secret investors, which included Wall Street names such as J.P. Morgan Chase and also Cornell University. So Tillman eventually got into trouble with German tax authorities in 2012, and soon after he sold the company to its senior management team. And that was pretty much the public story until now. So yeah, considering how much of this is done behind closed doors, how did you find out who's behind all this? Well, I spoke to many, many sources when I reported this story, and 
out of the blue, one of them told me that, you know, MindGeek is not owned by the people you think it is. This person told me the real owner is a man called Bernard Bergamar. He appeared in none of MindGeek's corporate accounts. And after many, many weeks of digging, I slowly managed to find people who had actually worked for him and met him. Patricia, what does your investigation into MindGeek tell you about the broader online porn industry? We know this is quite a big industry, and yet we know very little about how these companies are run or who owns them, and most importantly, who profits from them. And as I've spoken to a lot of producers in the porn industry, they're quite frustrated by what they see as bullying tactics from bigger players. That's not only MindGeek, it includes other companies as well. One person I spoke to, a porn producer called Erica Lust, was quite adamant when she said that we should know where our porn comes from. If porn is so readily available on the internet today, we should know who puts it there, who decides what kind of porn is available to us. Now, porn websites haven't gotten the same attention from regulators as, say, the the big tech names like Facebook and Google. What kind of scrutiny are these sites getting? There has been growing pressure on online porn companies and other social media companies to deal with child pornography, but also so-called revenge porn, which is sexual footage that is taken or shared without consent. I would also say that having spoken to a lot of porn producers and porn performers, that people should consider paying for their porn and actually realize that the people out there they're watching are actually doing this for a living and need to make money somehow. Now we should mention on Monday, Pornhub agreed to take down all content from unverified sources while it rolls out a new scheme to verify users. Patricia Nilsson is the FT's consumer industries reporter. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Two final stories before we go, both from the White House. Last night, U.S. President Donald Trump rejected the $900 billion stimulus bill Congress passed this week. In a four-minute video posted to Twitter, he called the economic relief package a disgrace and said he'd asked Congress to get rid of what he called wasteful and unnecessary items from the legislation and boost the amount sent to Americans in direct payments. President Trump also granted clemency to 20 individuals, including two people convicted of crimes in connection with Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. You can read more on this and all of the day's stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.